Let's do that. All right, welcome to the MVHS HealthCast. We're back. We're back. Yay, That's us. Right. It's been a little bit. Yeah, it has been a little while. We had a long summer. Yes, we had epic. Yeah. It was epic. It was epic, yes. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for those of you who aren't familiar with what we're talking about, um, look at Listen our last to the podcast. Old podcast. Yeah. 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 Because yep. that's what that's about. Yep. Yep. What did you do this summer? Oh, I, I worked. Actually, no. I, I took my kids to Hershey Park. That was fun. Nice. Did you do anything? I did. I went to Rehoboth Beach. Ooh. That was great. And then I went to Hawaii. Yep. That was also great. Okay. I've been both of <laughs> those places. One yeah. is nicer than the other. You used to live in Hawaii, right? I lived in Delaware, too. I'm a you did? University of Delaware alumnus. Yes. See? Yes, and I lived so in Hawaii. Much. So. Yeah. Well, it was really cool. I mean, there's definitely a lot of... I didn't realize how many people actually lived there rather than just vacation oh, yeah. there. Yep. And yeah. yeah. It was it was a lot of fun. I learned how to surf. Wow. Did you really learn how to surf or did you? I you mean, just got up. I yes. got on the board like four times. All right. Millie stood. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> so, a Millie moment. And yes. There yes. You go. I didn't oh, drown. That, that, so, that is a plus. Yeah. That is a plus. My only negative from the trip was, so I went um, what, snorkeling and... It was a full moon the night before, and apparently when that happens, there are little jellyfish in the water that you can't see. Yeah, the little jellies can be bothersome. And I, it was attracted to some. They were attracted it's to something on my skin. Too, yeah. yeah, and I was stung mm-hmm. a lot. Where'd you snorkel? Um, I don't know in the ocean. Oh, okay, that's, that's good. <laughs> oh, it was uh, North Shore. <laughs> it was a North Shore. <laughs> Oh, boy. We're, we're going to be full of these things yes. today, aren't we? Yeah, sure. Yes. Um, so we also have Nancy Butcher with yes. us. She's the executive director of the Cancer Center here at MBHS. Thank MBHS. you for having me. Yes. Thanks for being with us. Yep. And Nancy gets to be part of our brand new podcast redesign. Yes. Because we're going to have new segments. Like, um, we didn't warn you about this, Okay, Nancy. good. But later on in this episode, we will have the karaoke moment. Oh. Where you and Millie oh. will do acapella versions of 80s hits. That sounds just perfect. Yes. Yeah, um, I can definitely do that. I brought my I didn't run that by Millie. I, you I, know, I, I haven't heard about that yet. <laughs> but no, we will talk new hospital stuff. We'll talk yeah. other things that we don't typically talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Welcome to the new and improved yeah. VHS HealthCast. I'm excited. Good. Yes. So glad to be here. And uh, it's timely, too, because it's mm-hmm. October, and October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. That's yes. right. So... Tell us a little bit about that. I mean, there's a lot to say about there's that. There's a lot to say, right. So cancer is no longer taboo to talk about. You know, And, and breast cancer is such an emotional disease. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows somebody that's yep. been affected. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think Family. I mentioned before, my grandmother, I never got to meet her because she died of breast cancer when my mom was 14. Wow. So, yeah. Right, so somebody knows somebody. Yeah. Family, friend, neighbor, community member. Um, and I think... What's been really good about being open about it is now people are not afraid to talk about it, to mm-hmm. talk about screening and the importance of screening. And I think that really brings out uh, a camaraderie in a community to mm-hmm. say, you know what, hey, you know, did you get, did you do your breast self exam? Did you go get your mammogram? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's no longer taboo. It's okay to talk about it. Right. Yeah. You know, so it's no longer hush hush. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now it's one in eight women are diagnosed with breast cancer. Wow. Men are also affected with breast cancer. That's mm-hmm. not as often discussed yeah. or publicized, but yeah. it's still as important. Mm-hmm. They still have to have screening as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are talking more about it now. I, I was surprised, actually, probably a month or two ago. Both my kids, they're 12 and 10, brought that up to me. 
they were like, how do men get breast cancer? Right. And I was really surprised that they even knew it existed. It, that just goes to highlight your point about, you know, there's more awareness and more openness of discussion right now, which is good for us. Right. You know, being able to talk about it. So when we kicked off our October, you know, we, we kicked up with our fifth annual Human Pink Ribbon. We had nearly mm-hmm. 300 people that participated. We yep. started with 86 five years ago, and now it's 300. There you go. Wow. You know, so I think bringing that sense of community. So somebody that's mm-hmm. going through treatment yep. knows that they're not alone. Yep. Right. There's a community of support behind them. Yeah. Now, before we forget, that Pink Ribbon, so we're going to do it again next year. Yes. Right? And this year, I saw some billboards outside on the street advertising, hey, you can come be a part of this. Do we have an idea as to when we might do it again next year for people who want to put on a pink shirt and participate? First Friday of October. First Friday of October. First Mark your calendar. So I don't know what that date is. Probably the third. No, okay. it's leap year. So the second. If you Ish. are right, I'm going to be impressed. Oh, wow. Ish. Ish. Yes. Because okay. it's leap year. But anyways, first Friday of October mm-hmm. to just really kick off, uh, bring out awareness yeah. and just get into that. Yeah. It's okay to talk yeah. about it. Yeah. Yep. And I, I went this year. Um, and there were quite a few people that were so excited just to talk about their experience that mm-hmm. they've had, not only with us, but just, you know, with a loved one. And, you know, getting through this is, is not easy for them. Yeah. Right. But, you know, having that support out there. And this is what brings awareness to that. So it's a yeah. great thing that you guys are mm-hmm. doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's, it's simple. It's fun. Mm-hmm. But most importantly... It just brings awareness, yeah. you know, right. and calls mm-hmm. attention to get screened. Mm-hmm. You know, see your doctor. If you feel something or something doesn't feel right, it's okay mm-hmm. to talk about it and say, you know yeah. what, it's yeah. better to go see your doctor and have them say, you know what, there's nothing, mm-hmm. rather than, oh, no, I don't want to waste their time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that self-advocacy is important and the community around you, right? Um, a lot of doctors, like myself, will talk to patients about recommended screenings and things like that, but... Breast cancer, like most cancers, affects everybody, right? So these efforts we put towards encouraging people to talk openly about disease can help detect cancers in people where we might not otherwise find it, right? Mammograms, we don't start till we're older, right? But we see breast cancer in younger women, younger men. And now again, it's moments like this that help us encourage people to find that early and help us as a medical community take better care of them. And uh, you guys might not know the answer to this, but, you know, you said you're seeing it in younger people. Is mm-hmm. that more and more or? I don't know. I defer to you From my perspective. Okay, yeah. so yeah. I started here in my career at Facts in St. Luke's 26 years ago as a staff radiation therapist. Yeah. Um, when I was in college in the early 90s, the um, women that were most commonly diagnosed were between 60 and 80. Mm-hmm. I am sure now that that has shifted. Yeah to younger. We see a lot more younger women um, diagnosed. But I think also it's because of that awareness and it's yeah. in people's faces. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, the, and, and it's not as taboo to talk about it yeah. or you, you're not afraid to say right, something doesn't feel right. But mm-hmm. there are definitely a lot more younger yeah. patients mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. being diagnosed and treated and very successfully are living their lives, you know. Yeah. So are, are we any closer to knowing the cause of certain types of, or especially breast cancer? Do you know that answer? Cancer is cancer, right? Yeah. honestly. I think, you know, pinning cancer down to a cause is right. a very long journey. Right? A lot of the focus we see nowadays is on evolving treatment right. of breast cancer, right? Now we're not only talking about eliminating breast cancer, mm-hmm. but also empowering patients in the process. <coughs> If we think years back, 
to when Nancy just started or even when I was in medical school, um, there was a lot of stigma with breast cancer because a lot of female patients would, you know, lose part of their identity. A lot of right. the surgeries we did were not breast sparing, right? Mm -hmm. And that survivorship had a very different course. Nowadays, with all these different techniques we have, number one, we can still cure disease. We can cure disease at better rates than we could before, but we can give people big parts of their lives back that we couldn't before, is the way I would say it. Yeah, cosmesis is yeah. super important. You know, their appearance. Mm -hmm. You know, you know yourself, as you see yourself in the mirror every day. When you yeah. take a shower, you see yourself. Mm -hmm. When something changes, you know, it's very emotional. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But now, over time too, from when I started, I saw some surgeries that were less than optimal. Mm -hmm. And now, right. and I got to a point in my career where I struggled to find the incision because the surgery was yeah. so good that I struggled mm -hmm. to find where he had made that incision. So, That's mm -hmm. amazing. And now since then, there's like Dr. Attilio said, there's all these techniques that can help preserve, you know, I mean, right, it, and just make it more cosmetically appealing yep. to help that emotional component. Right. So yeah. what are those guidelines for getting screened? Oh, well, it depends on who you ask. Right. There yeah. are several okay. different agencies that have their own guidelines. Yeah. So the disclaimer <laughs> statement is talk to your doctor. Right. right? Um, it's always best to have a conversation with your physician about you. And, you know, honestly, there are a couple of different guidelines out there from a couple of different expert groups. It tends to be the case in medicine that not everybody agrees. Mm -hmm. So that's why that conversation with your primary care doctor or your OBGYN mm -hmm. physician or whoever you go to for regular care is important. Um, okay. But other than that. Right. So at a minimum, you know, 40 years old, you should mm -hmm. definitely start having mammograms. Mm -hmm. But prior to that, you know, when you have your annual gynecologic exam, self-breast exams then, but mm -hmm. also monthly breast self-exams. Yep. You know, being aware of what your body feels like normally mm -hmm. yep. so that if you notice a difference, you can say, all right, yeah. I need to get mm -hmm. in and see something. That is a huge one. I used to tell all my patients actually when I was in primary care, um, you know, I'll see you once a year mm -hmm. for an exam. I know how to find some bad things, but you see you every day, right? And you're yeah. going to find those differences, those self-breast right. exam changes a lot more readily than we are as providers. So Nancy's advice is mm -hmm. spot on. So should men be doing that as well then? Yeah, I would always recommend anybody to mm -hmm. do any self-screening or self-assessment. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And, you know, you see something, say something. Right. In this yep. case, if you feel something, say something. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, in, in all areas, you know, lumps, bumps, yeah. anywhere and everywhere. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I'd much rather see a patient and tell them, yeah, that, that's fine. Don't worry right. about it. Then, right. you know, you find something and don't let us know about it. Because the earlier we find this, right. the easier our job is. Right. You're not wasting anybody's time. That's what I, I I've mm -hmm. heard that before. A lot of just don't want to waste their time. Yeah, it's not wasting their time. Right. Because yeah. if it converts to something that is negative, yeah, there's a lot of time later that's going mm -hmm. to be impacted. So yeah, I'd spin that. It's not wasting anybody's time. It's potentially getting you time back. Right. Oh right. yeah, that's yeah. right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So talk a little bit about the treatments, especially that we have here at MBHS. Yeah. What do we do? And that's cool. What do we do that's cool? Yeah. Everything we, we do, do is a lot cool. Of cool stuff. We do. You know? We do. Yeah. Um, so down in radiation oncology, we in the past couple of years we started um, treating patients with a deep inspiration breath hold. What does that mean? So patients that are affected with cancer on the left breast, mm -hmm. the heart is right behind the left breast. Mm -hmm. We're able to design and direct the beam of radiation 
so that it avoids the heart so that we minimize the dose to the heart. Wow. Hmm. So we, it goes on the patient's breathing. We take their CAT scan of when they're breathing normally, inspiration, expiration. We fuse all those images together. Then when they're on the treatment machine, they wear these special goggles. They know that they have to breathe. There's like a little ball mm -hmm. on this that they can see and that their breathing needs to keep the ball within this threshold. Wow. Huh. If it falls out of that, then the machine will stop because then it's out of threshold and then we could mm -hmm. potentially treat what we don't want to treat. So right. we started doing that a couple years ago. Obviously left breast cancer for deep, in th mm -hmm. deep inspiration breath hold. So that is... That is cool. That qualifies. Wow. That is cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, Very you have cool. to, I mean, it's kind of weird. You have to <coughs> teach somebody how to breathe, but it's yeah. within, breathing within. Right. Because mm -hmm. it's, it's overwhelming. I'm yeah. sure, yeah. I don't have cancer. I've been in this field for nearly 30 years when I started school. <coughs> but if you lay down on that table, you're up in the air and have the machine rotate around you, mm -hmm. it's kind of overwhelming. Right. So I can't even imagine how overwhelming it would be with somebody who has a diagnosis. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, I'm, I'm not in that perspective, but mm -hmm. it was overwhelming for me and I don't have that diagnosis. Yeah. So, you know, so when you're anxious, mm -hmm. your breathing changes. Or yeah. Either you're going to have shallow, quick breaths or really deep breaths. Mm -hmm. That affects the placement and how your organs move within your chest. Yeah. Wow. So, Incredible. yes, qualifies. Cool. Yes, that's very cool. Okay. Very good. Now, what about our, our Cancer Center team? Who do we have? Who are our doctors? Okay, so our team in radiation oncology is changing and growing. Okay. All right, so in December of last year, our program affiliated with Upstate University Radiation mm -hmm. Oncology. So we've had an affiliation for nearly a year. The providers are employed by Upstate. So we have that connection where they're able to recruit. They have better recruitment power than perhaps the, um, you know, we do here. So. I have one radiation oncologist, Dr. Gilbert Lawrence, who will be retiring at the end of November. Oh, really? Gil's been around a long time. He, has, he came yeah. here yes. April 1st, 2000. Well. So, nearly 20 years yeah. of wow. being here. Well, right. thank you, Dr. Lawrence, for yeah. your service. For his time, and, and it's, you know, yeah. certainly. He's done well with the community. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, he's retiring at the end of November, mm -hmm. and I have two <coughs> new radiation oncologists coming on board. Okay. All right. So, one is Dr. Brittany Simone. Mm. And the other is Dr. Stephanie Rice. Just finished fellowship, mm -hmm. residency, eager, very excited to join mm -hmm. the team. One of them focuses mainly on breast okay. and GYN cancers. That's so that's that good. is her forte. Not that she doesn't treat all body parts or mm -hmm. all disease areas, but yeah. those are her areas of... Of, of interest. Yeah. Of interest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Dr. S Simone will be here on Thursdays and Fridays, Dr. Rice will be here on Mondays and Wednesdays, and Dr. Karnasur, who joined our team December last year, mm -hmm. is going to be here Monday through Thursday. That's a right. good group. That is an awesome group. Right. So we have a new dynamic. It's a different dynamic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. freshly out of school, but they're up to date with, with new techniques, yeah. with right. new literature. Yeah. And right. It's exciting to have, and they have different ideas. Mm -hmm. um, Dr. Simone is very interested in nutrition and exercise. Mm. So she talks to her patients about the importance wow. of eating well and yeah. exercising. Yeah. And not only will that help you feel better, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. will help you heal better, but then has a positive impact yeah. on their cancer as well. So I think it's going to be a, a whole new yeah. dynamic team excited about what they have to offer mm -hmm. and what they'll bring to our community. Yeah. Right. And those type of little things, yeah. you know, the nutritional pieces and lifestyle pieces are always what you know, I see value in, in the services we deliver as an organization, right? Because this is more than just 
you know, arranging a surgery or putting people through, you know, oncology, radiation. Breast cancer care and cancer care in general has grown leaps and bounds beyond those really discrete elements that people are used to. Right. right. We are now focused on the care of the whole patient and oftentimes even the people around those patients, their families, their loved ones. And and those are the projects that you and I talk about all the time that I think are just so right. great. Right. Because going through cancer treatment is hard, you know, surviving cancer thereafter is hard. And there's a lot that needs to be invested in patients through that whole continuum of care. Mm-hmm. And we do that a lot of that. So to continue with our team, that's our new team going on yeah. radiation. But we have a team in the breast care center as well. Mm-hmm. So we have a physician assistant, Chelsea Hammett. She's, Chelsea's awesome. She's been with us for nearly two years. Mm-hmm. I have a nurse navigator, Holly Berlini. She provides guidance and is that point person for patients through that continuum to get them through their surgery, to coordinate yeah. the appointments with medical and radiation oncology, to provide them with education before they go for surgery, okay. and also to provide them with education about if they qualify for high-risk genetic testing. Okay. So we coordinate and work collaboratively with Myriad. And if a patient qualifies Mm -hmm. for genetic counseling, the patient will meet and have a telephone call with a certified genetic counselor to see if they qualify to have genetic testing. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the genetic counselor will obtain family history, person's history, their family history, a diagnosis of cancer Mm -hmm. to see, and then they create a pedigree to see whether they qualify for genetic testing. Oftentimes, the results of genetic testing will make a difference in the type of surgery or the type of treatment that they will have going forward. So we mm-hmm. also offer that in the breast center. Okay. Nice. In addition, we have a social worker. So to continue mm-hmm. on to what you were just saying about the continuum of care yeah. and the services of an oncology social worker, she, Alex, Alexandra Batista, works and sees all the patients in radiation, new patients that are treated in the infusion unit, and then also patients prior to having breast surgery in the breast center to see how they're doing. So um, are there any issues that are causing them distress? Okay. Right, cancer is overwhelming. Yeah. Just to hear the word, it's completely overwhelming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's that young mother that needs to coordinate care or whatever. So I have Mm -hmm. young kids that I need to get to school or I need to get them off to school or I am the, you know, the, the wife or the female function of the family is often that glue or that go between. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, so we have a questionnaire that they fill out about what stresses them out. Is it, how am I going to pay for this? Right. You know, financial concerns are one of the major concerns for cancer. It's super expensive. How am I going to pay for this? Right. Mm -hmm. I don't have the money. I don't have insurance or whatever. Yeah. We have resources that we can tap into to either get them assistance or provide them assistance. Yeah. Childcare, getting people on the bus. We work well with the Joseph Michael Chubbuck Foundation. Also, they provide financial assistance to families in the Oneida County area, Oneida Madison, and I'm not sure if there's another county, but if they're diagnosed with treatment or having treatment here mm-hmm. and live here, they can help with household bills. So wow. we have this, we've wow. helped patients pay their national grid bill so that they could have heat during the winter. Mm-hmm. We have purchased tires with this fund so that they can wow. get back and forth to treatment. Yeah. You know, so it's a lot of these other smaller foundations mm-hmm provide assistance as well. So the social worker knows those nuances and Mm -hmm. who to contact and how to get through there. And so we assess them and how are you feeling on your first day of treatment? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of treatment, oftentimes the patients feel totally opposite. They were very apprehensive when they start radiation. Mm -hmm. And then maybe if they've been here for a few weeks, 
now what? Well, I don't want to leave because now I see you every day and if I have a question, I can talk to you. I can just stop and ask a question. What happens now after I'm done when I'm not seeing mm-hmm. providers every so often? Right. It's having that continuum, that survivorship to say, you know what, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. We have support groups that we can offer. You can still yep. call us with questions. We can still guide you and direct you to what you need to do. Right. You mm-hmm. still need to get these certain screenings because just because yep. you're done with this one phase, your body still lives, you still mm-hmm. need to make sure that you're getting the necessary screenings going forward. Right. So exactly. it's having that continuum from the start of diagnosis all the way through to survivorship because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Patients still live a lifetime apart after right. treatment yeah. Yeah. and still need to be able to function. So, mm-hmm. And that's always going to be part of your life. No right. matter what. Right. So one other thing. So we see it on social media a lot. And if you haven't seen it, you should follow our social media accounts. But talk about the bell. The bell. Oh, yes. Ringing the bell. Ringing the yes. bell. Okay. So I did really, really like the commercial that you guys did. I yes. thought it was great. Very emotional. So what we have is uh, the bell is in our radiation oncology department. Mm-hmm. When they finish their treatment, we invite the patient to bring their family and friends down. Yeah. There's a little poem that we ask them to read. Mm-hmm. It signifies that you know that they've gone through this journey. I uh, hit this bell three times. It's a celebration. Yeah. It's emotional, you right. know, because that part of their life, that part of treatment is over with, and mm-hmm. that they made it through. You know, like I said, as scared as they were in the beginning, now they're ringing that bell. And there are some patients that take the stick and really they ring that bell. ring the bell. That's right. You know, and you can hear it throughout the department, and everybody knows that that's yeah. a graduation, that that's right. a completion, and it's a celebration. Yeah. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I like the bell. Yeah. It makes me almost tear up thinking about it. It does. It gives yeah. me chills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've been doing this for a really long time, and it, it's still emotional. Yeah. Right. Because it's a, it's a symbol. Yeah. Right. Well, we also just launched um, something else. It's the Dedicated Ribbon campaign. Uh-huh. Yeah, so you can go to mvhealthsystem.org <coughs> slash Dedicated Ribbon. And it's very simple. It's just a way for somebody who has either experienced cancer or mm-hmm. has a loved one who has and you can dedicate a ribbon on our website for that person and then share it to social media. Nice. So, yeah. yeah. So there's all the ribbons that correspond with all of the types of cancers that we mm-hmm. treat here without the cancer center. Yeah. Right. So not just radiation and not just breast, right. but also patients that receive only chemotherapy that wouldn't see the other areas. Exactly, you know, yeah. If it's not on there, then we potentially don't treat it as often. Right, yeah. right. And there is an option too. So if it's not there, then you can still, there's the another ribbon that you can name. And it's also a great way to recognize our caregivers, mm-hmm. our doctors, our nurses, you know, anybody who's impacted yeah. our patients. I definitely recommend going on there. We've gotten a lot of ribbons already. Okay. Yeah, good. it's awesome. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also I think it means, you know, we have such an awesome team here. You don't have to go to Syracuse for this caliber of care. More often than not, you do not. That's yeah, great. yeah. I feel like that's something that people hear a lot about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, oh, you have to get the best type of care, you have to go to a bigger city. Yep. Right. We have the same equipment here. Right. Mm-hmm. That they have in larger cities. Right. Yeah. I do recommend, though, if somebody's apprehensive, by all means, go and get a second opinion. Mm-hmm. Listen to what they have to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then compare. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's pros and cons to both. Yeah. If it's going to be the same exact treatment, New York City versus Utica, and you can sleep in your own bed, mm-hmm. have your pets in your house, yeah. be with your community, mm-hmm. and receive the same treatment, then why go and yeah. sleep right. in a hotel or at the Hope Lodge in somebody else's bed? Yeah. Right. 
You know, I mean, I think that that has a lot to do with healing as well. Mm -hmm. It certainly does. Absolutely. Yeah. And listen, let's be honest. We don't have everything. We get that. Mm -hmm. right? But our cancer program is a shining example of the fact that we can deliver literally the highest quality of care available. Right. Right here in town. Right. right? Yeah. And we've got other cool things going on that are going to help us with that, right? I know. Yeah. Let's talk like, a little bit about that. Thank you so much for giving us the welcome. information about yes. Cancer Center and Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Of course, you can always go on our website, too, yeah. to find out more information mm -hmm. or if you want to contact Nancy to ask her more questions. Absolutely. Nancy loves phone calls. I she do. <laughs> but yeah, so we're building a new hospital. Yeah. How excited you are you? Heard. Excited. There I think go. it's I think it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, I would just yeah, to have state of the art, to have new equipment. Mm -hmm. Um to have it in a healing environment. Yeah. Right. That's a big one. You know, I mean, I did just spend the night as a parent in a, another facility, in another oh, yeah. city within the last week. It is not what it's cracked up to be. Mm -hmm. Luckily, my son didn't have a roommate, so I was able to have the recliner where that yeah. bed was. Right. But mm -hmm. had he had a roommate, I wouldn't have been able to sleep in the recliner that I had right. yeah. because it would have been too cramped. It would have right. just mm -hmm. been sitting in the straight back chair. Mm -hmm. But exciting that all the rooms are, are singles, mm -hmm. that they'll have windows that will, with a view. Yeah. Right. Simple yeah. things yeah. that make a difference. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, like you said, healing environment. That's a big one. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so what we're going to try and do going forward on our podcast, you know, send us your questions about the new hospital. Yep. And we're going to do everything we can to answer them. So any rumors mm -hmm. that you are seeing on social media or wherever, yep. just let us know and we'd be happy to answer them or we'll we'll get mm -hmm. the right person to answer them too. Yep. Um, and there are already answers out there. Usually. There's a lot of answers. Right. Yeah, so we do send a weekly newsletter. It's called yep. Just the Facts. You can access that right on our website as well. So it's mbhealthsystem.com org slash just the facts yeah and we always post them there and mm -hmm. you can join the email list as well very easily exactly we will send it right to you send it right to your inbox yeah. so that's just where yeah. we address the rumors that we're hearing yeah. So, yeah and i talk to people about it all the time yeah so we've had some big developments right yeah well just in the last couple of weeks we've seen a lot of awesome things happening um so we had some jersey barriers jersey barriers <laughs> went up around the <laughs> footprint <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so <laughs> yes. things are actually happening. Things are actually yeah. happening. A um, lot of us get questions like, are we really going to have a hospital? And people will be able to see it now, right? Exactly. So the barriers are going up. Barriers you know. are going up. Some of the buildings are going to start coming exactly. down yeah. um, very soon. Um, we had an information session a couple weeks ago for mm. contractors that were interested in yeah. helping with this project. Those are all being reviewed by a company that we work with. They're called Gilbane. So... Um, um, if you want to read about, you know, the criteria for mm -hmm. that, like I said, go to Just the Facts because yeah. it, it's a great resource. So, yeah, a lot of great developments. Yeah, yeah. so people will start to see, see and it. hear about yes. the change, which is going to be big. Yeah, and, and we own all of the properties under the hospital footprint as yep. well. So mm -hmm. it's happening. Soon we'll, we'll start to give out more information about the repurposing study that we did mm -hmm. for our current hospital campuses at St. Luke's. Paxton and St. Elizabeth campus. Yeah. So we'll have more information about that soon. Which um, is a really critical part. It is. Yeah. I think yeah. we've talked about it on previous episodes, maybe with Bob Schofield.
Springfield a long yep. time ago. Yeah. Um, but that's another important thing to the community. You know, we're building a state-of-the-art facility, but that doesn't mean that our existing campuses are going to go into disrepair. You know? Right. It's very important to us that there is a plan right. for our three campuses so that they have purpose within the community moving forward and that yeah. they maintain a viable and, more importantly, vibrant right. part of the Mohawk Valley. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. We've definitely made a commitment already to the community that we yep. will make sure that that happens. Exactly. So. Um, some other updates. We have some new doctors. We do. We have got a bunch a of A lot new of doctors. new doctors. Yeah. yeah. So many of our listeners will know um, that the Mock Valley Health System operates a family medicine residency program, mm-hmm. um, which is in our sister Rose Vincent Family Medicine Center down in the city. And we have a very close relationship, obviously, with that program. We have about 10 residents per year that will graduate. And in years past, you know, we've retained a lot of graduates from that program. Mm-hmm. But this past year was a big one because four out of those 10 physicians decided to stay here in town with us and are joining our primary mm-hmm. care offices. So mm-hmm. that's a that's great. That's a big improvement for us and everybody knows that finding a good primary care doctor is right. tough. You know there's right. not a lot of us around anymore and many are not accepting new patients, but four brand new doctors in the community yeah. is a big deal. It is a big deal, and we have little interviews and videos with each of those doctors on our social media pages. Yeah, so they're pretty cool. Yeah, make sure you check those out. I wouldn't have hired them if they weren't. Yeah, <laughs> they are. Yeah, they were really nice to meet, too. Yeah, and yeah. good people. Yeah, they're really excited. And we also have somebody joining our cardiology team. Cardiothoracic surgery. Cardiothoracic surgery. So a lot of our listeners will be familiar with Dr. Elamir because Mm -hmm. Dr. Elamir was a big part of the Utica medical community for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, I couldn't even tell you how long. But no, Dr. Elamir had left to pursue outside opportunities. And as of November... Mm-hmm. He will be back with us part-time and then coming back to the community in a full-time capacity early part of 2020. I actually just met with him yesterday. Okay. He's very excited to be back. He has a lot of very big plans for what he'd like to do with our cardiac surgery and thoracic surgery programs. And you know, I personally know a lot of people who have mm-hmm. been under his care. I've spoken with a lot of our primary care providers who will be referring to the program. And I mean, he's just a stellar surgeon. He's a right. stellar human being. I think we're very, very excited to have him back. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And there would be a lot more about him, mm-hmm. again, on our social media yep. pages, our website. Hopefully we, we can get, get him on a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think that would be good. Oh, he'll definitely do it with us. So other than that, I mean, that's that, that that's the big things coming up here yep. in the organization. Mm-hmm. What about you guys? You got anything else cool? He's the cool kid. Uh, I used to be the cool kid. <laughs> uh, uh, that's a past. Oh, wait, life. I have a good question. Okay, shoot me. <laughs> What are you being for Halloween? Cool well, and I'll be honest. I'm probably going to recycle some old costumes. Ah. I got, listen, I've got a lot of cool costumes. Last year, I was a Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Okay. The year before, I was a giant inflatable T-Rex. I like the inflatable that's costumes. Pretty, they're fun. Yeah. Did you ever shovel your driveway with the T-Rex costume? No, but that's a good suggestion. Or greet your daughters as they get off the bus in your T-Rex well, costume. Oh, my So gosh. my daughters are with their friends in the neighborhood going to be the seven dwarves, but oh, themed in cute. their own way. So they'll all have a T-shirt with a dwarf, and then they'll mm-hmm. create their own costumes. So I'll probably have to pick something up along, along those along lines. Along oh, the T-Rex won't go yeah. with the dwarves. No. I would make an awesome Snow White, though. I was I just going to say that. Yeah. Snow White. That's perfect. Yeah. What just are you a little bit do? longer hair. I don't know yet, actually. So if you guys have any suggestions oh, you know get on social media yeah please let me listen know. to this episode <laughs> i want to see every single comment 
focused on what Millie should be for Halloween. Yeah, I was. I really love the show The Office, so I was hoping to do <laughs> one of those. My characters. girls and I watch the reruns every night. Yeah, it's. Night. it's I mean, it's a great show. Yeah. So let me know what character you think I should be on The Office. Yeah, well, I'll give you some ideas. That was a good I'm th- question. I'm thinking Dwight, but <laughs> you would be a good Dwight. We can make that happen. What about you, Nancy? Yeah, I haven't even thought about it. Yeah, it, yeah. well, we got a little time. We do. Yeah, have two weeks, right? Yeah, yeah. two we weeks do. from tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Plenty My biggest battle is keeping the kids away from the Halloween candy. Oh, it's you already bought yours. Keeping oh, yeah. yourself out of the candy? No, I'm doing okay. You already bought yours? Wow. I did. Yeah. I'm prepared. You are. Oh, and I got. I won't spoil the surprise, but I have some really cool decorations out front of my house. Where let's just say it's fun to watch people come up. Yeah. <laughs> do you hide and scare them? No, but I might. Yeah. <laughs> See, cool kid. Cool kid. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, thanks again, Nancy. Thank for you joining so much. What about karaoke? Oh. Next time. Mm. Next yeah, time. next time. Mm-hmm. That sounds right. great. Next time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's wrap this up. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in, everyone, and be yes. sure to join us for our next. Yes. Um, MVHS Health Guest. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you. Thanks for having me.